Hello and welcome to the Clear Cruise podcast this week. Andy Harmer is joined by Princess Cruises' Tony Roberts, Rachel Pultney and Rebecca Kelly to discuss the Irish market. But first, Andy sat down with Royal Caribbean's Ben Baldin. Enjoy. So I'm delighted to be joined by Ben. Hi, Ben. Hi, Andy. Why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? So, I'm Ben Bolden. I'm the Managing Director for the UK and Ireland business for Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines. And how long have you been at Royal? Um, I've been, I'm just entering my sixth year, actually. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. Time flies. I know. Fun. <laughs> um, and how has the business changed in those six years? Um, gosh, I mean, I think a lot's happened since I joined the business. Um, I remember the day I started, the business told me that they were going to be launching five ships in the next five years. And I said to them, well, when did you, last, when did you launch the last one? And they said 10 years ago. So I said, oh, oh, really? So I said, well, we'll see if that comes true. <laughs> but to be fair to them, I have launched five new ships wow. in those five years, kicking off with Quantum and then, An- and then Anthem. Hmm. Um, see, Harmony, um, Federation, yep. Symphony. And we relaunched and the Amplified yes, Independence indeed. of the Seas. So it kind of feels like six, actually, in five <laughs> years. Um, and I think a lot's changed as well. We've got new people. We've got a bigger team. The business is bigger than it was five years ago. Yeah. Um, the growth in the industry has been fantastic. Um, and um, I think that's encouraged our business to continue to invest in the UK market. And you're well known as a cruise line that's high on innovation and adding things to ships that maybe we haven't seen before. Uh, is that kind of the plan? Uh, I think it is. I think it's, it stems from our chairman, Richard Fain. I think uh, he has a passion for innovation at sea, um, and he is fiercely determined to make sure that we have the most innovative, eye-catching, imagination, <laughs> or, or wandering ideas on board our ships. Everything from, I think, when we when he launched the first Oasis class, which was before I joined, it had this rise and tide bar. That's right, yes. Uh, which is a rather strange concept <laughs> from the outside looking in, where you go from sort of the deck five to deck eight. But that innovation and craziness has never really left us. So we've got giant slides <laughs> on the back of Symphony and Harmony. Um, we've got robot bars. Yeah. Um, we've got it all. Um, but it all adds to what I think our holiday makers find a, a really, truly fantastic vacation and is that the kind of thing that attracts new to well new to cruise guests but also new to royal guests i think so i think it gives us a point of difference yeah. i don't think anyone else has quite the same as we have um i think our ships are larger generally um for the marketplace mm. but that for us gives us a canvas and a fabric to ensure we shoehorn in loads of different activities entertainment types eating locations, bar locations. Uh, we have such a breadth of offer that yeah. I think it really lends itself to, certainly to a multi-generational family um, and, and particularly to family holiday makers. And uh, you, your previous uh, employment was non-cruise. It was. So is there anything that Royal does in the cruise space that kind of you wouldn't have thought of or that surprised you? Um, I don't I think... Uh, when I joined, I, I honestly didn't have a huge amount of knowledge about what um, Royal Caribbean was really all about. Yeah. I think I obviously did some research as I went through the recruitment process sure. and whatnot. I think the 
the bit that really strikes me as a similarity with Pepsi is that challenger mindset that we try and have all the time. So we know we're not necessarily the biggest in the UK marketplace uh, and we know we need to be aggressive in the right way to ensure that we demand our attention. Hmm. Um, and um, the similarity there is quite striking. Uh, we recently had the Globes uh, in the UK and uh, Royal was very well recognised for the, the supplier team. Is the team a vital part of that kind of cut through? Yeah, absolutely. I think we were thrilled to bits with that award. Yeah. Um, genuinely, we've not won that award before. Uh, any of the brands from the Royal Caribbean stable of brands have not won that before. So it was a big thing. And, and Cruise is such a small part of the travel market, really, yeah. still. Yeah. As much as we like to think it's huge, I know, it's still we a forget. relatively small part. Yeah. And it's usually one of the big tour operators that kind of wins that award. So to win that was fab. Our team is, is we th obviously think our team is fab. We've put a lot of effort and energy into getting the right people and then developing those people in the right way. Um, and actually this year is the first year, well, come April, we will be at a full complement uh, across our team, um, so it's taken it's taken yeah, five it's taken years a while. to get to that. So uh, either I'm very picky, or, uh, or, or or it's just taken or a while. It's just taken a while, yeah. Um, X UK, the non-fly cruise side of business is obviously big for the UK market. It's about half. Um, do you get to ask for ships to be based out of Southampton? And obviously, Independence of the Seas is well loved by the UK market anyway. But um, it's not the only ship you have X UK. No, we get we get asked all the time, and indeed Ireland as well. Right, and, um, different parts of the UK. Can we put a ship in Liverpool? Can we put a ship one in Newcastle? Um, the, the the reality is, five years ago when I joined, sixty percent of our business was ex UK. Yeah, Today, forty percent of our business is ex UK. Um, now, that's about that's more about the growth we've had outside of the UK than us restricting or okay. limiting growth of our UK deployment. Um, you'll have seen the announcement in 2020, we've got Anthem joining Independence, yes. which will give us our largest ever ex-UK deployment. Um, but what we found is our growth in Europe and our growth in the Caribbean has, has outpaced our ex-UK growth. Okay. Um, and that's because we think, to some extent, that our guest really loves that big ship experience that Oasis and Quantum has offered um, our guests around the world. And are you finding royal guests are being a bit more imaginative in destinations they choose? Because you obviously have a deployment of ships around the world. So are, are Brits heading to newer places? Yeah, they are. Our growth in Asia is, is particularly strong. Um, I think people see Royal Caribbean as a comfort blanket that enables them to go and explore parts of the world that they perhaps wouldn't have had the confidence to do so before. Mm. Um, and of course, we do visit over 265 ports around the world. So you can go a lot of places with us. Uh, you've obviously cruised quite a bit now, I would hope. Uh, do you have any places that stand out for you that you didn't expect to be so amazing? Um, I have I have cruised a little bit now, yes. <laughs> um, not just on Which is encouraging. Cruise line. I've also done a few other cruise lines okay. too. Um, so, and, I, and, I, and I have to say, my family has fallen in love with cruising, so my boys will not do anything else through, through their choice anyway. Um, but we, we've, we've cruised in the Caribbean, which I think is, is almost the most perfect yeah. seven-night family vacation we've had as a group. Yeah. Um, we went on an amazing holiday on Anthem of the Seas, um, and I remember my two-year-old doing the iFly at the time. It was yeah. probably one of the most bewildering moments we've had as a family. Oh, really? Right. Um, and I think we've seen parts of the world, even when we went on Azamara, which we had to call the Whisper Ship, 
because there's not a lot of children on that ship. Oh, that's um, true, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, even when we went on that, we had a fantastic holiday, and we saw seven different destinations in seven days, and that gave us something different too. And we saw locations that we probably wouldn't have thought to go to before Montenegro. Yeah. Um, and so forth, yeah. so quite interesting. So final question, I know you won't tell us anything that isn't already out there, but what's next? What's next for Royal Caribbean? Well, I think the two big things for this year is um, Perfect Day. Um, our president, Michael Bailey, will shoot me if I don't tell you that. <laughs> um, Perfect Day at Coco Key yes. is, is the big thing for us this year. It's the, it's the first time we've ever invested and developed so much in a, in a destination. Right. Um, it's the perfect combination of thrill and chill um, and it will become a, a marquee destination in our Caribbean itineraries uh, for many years to come and that kicks off with Navigator making the first sailing there on the 4th of May. So she's almost done, she's yeah, almost ready? Yeah, I haven't seen obviously the island yet but um, she is well underway Good. and we're working hard to make sure that she's uh, tip top shape for launch. And then the second big thing mm. is Spectrum. So another quantum class ship. It's, we say it a bit blasé now. Yeah, it's been a few, But it's an incredible ship. But this is a quantum plus, which is going to be quite different to the other quantum class ships Everything. we had. So there's certainly a lot of excitement internally about what that ship will look like. Um, and she is going to be making her way to be based in Shanghai. Okay. So we've got that too. They're a great class of ships. They are. Yeah. Thank you for talking to us. Thank you, Andy, for having me. So I'm joined by Tony Roberts, Chair of Clear UK and Ireland and also um, something to do with Princess Cruises. Yes, I am Vice President for Princess Cruises UK and Europe. And actually today we're joined as well by our newest recruit in the Princess team. That's Rebecca Kelly, who has joined us as Senior Sales Manager for Ireland. Hello. And also we have Rachel Portney, Director of Sales UK and Europe. Wow, what a gathering. <laughs> um, Rebecca, welcome, I guess welcome to the Princess team. How, how is the Irish cruise market? The cruise market overall has grown, it's constantly grown. You've got uh, a Princess coming in um, with the people on the ground in Ireland, so that's going to be absolutely huge for the market, huge for the agents, more choice. Um, you've got the big guys who do really, really well, which are your Royal Caribbeans, your MSC, Celebrity Cruises. Um, so the fact that Princess now are coming in, it's going to just grow the market even further. And agents are a key part of that, presumably that continued growth. 100%. You know, you need to have the agents in Ireland, especially as, you know, smaller brands who are coming in because you need to have the agents on site. The agents are the ones who are going to educate the people. So you need to make sure that they're 100% educated for them to be able to pass it on to the customer and be able to switch, sell, cross, sell. For me, always through my 10 years in working with the trade, it's 100% with the trade. That's where your business lies. You, you mentioned your work history. So how, how did you end up working in cruise? I worked for Thomas Cook actually first of all I was Thomas Cook and I went to become one of their cruise agents um, so I was selling away with that and then a company decided to come into um, the Irish market and they were using a GSA top flight um, so they came to me and said would you want to set up the cruise section and I went to Crossroad to speak with them sat down with them, went into the offices, fell in love with the offices and started to sell a company called MSC Cruises. Oh, really? Yeah, six months later, I did a ship visit and was approached by MSC, asking me <laughs> did I want to go work for them. And now I'm here with Princess Cruises. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, and I guess, like most uh, mature markets, much cruising uh, is based on departing from that country. So ex-UK cruising is big in the UK market. Is it so big in Ireland? No. 
it's not the, the Irish market as an Irish person we tend to fly we love to fly we love to go to Barcelona you know at, um, Rome anywhere like that Venice Athens we would rather go there than take a, a, a ship to from Southampton and okay. um, Caribbean's really strong as well there the Asian market's getting bigger and bigger as well in Ireland so we are we like to venture out so we'd rather do it on a flight than do it from Dublin an airlift from Dublin presumably is good enough yeah. and you can get to most cruise destinations. Yeah, Aer Lingus are now doing the, the, right across Europe. Ryanair coming in very heavily invested in Copenhagen. So Copenhagen and Northern Europe cruises are doing really, really well because of the Ryanair uplift. And, and destinations, I guess the Princess does very well in anyway. So Northern Europe, Mediterranean, Caribbean, etc. Yeah, and I think, you know, so we, we're obviously got a strong presence in, in Europe and in the Caribbean. But also a real opportunity, I think, for us to uh, go a little bit further uh, with the Irish guests as well. So uh, Asia is incredibly popular for Princess, Australia and New Zealand. And of course, Alaska. You know, Princess is the number one cruise line in Alaska. So... Uh, as Rebecca mentioned, the airlift is fantastic, uh, so there's great opportunities to, to go all over the world. So, so was the decision to work with Rebecca a, a new start for you in Ireland or part of a bigger investment in, in other countries in Europe? So Ireland, I think, has been um, an area where we recognise we've not had a stronger presence as Princess should. Right. Uh, and we started to work a little bit in the market and uh, to try to learn a little bit about the Irish trade and how travel agents in Ireland wanted to work. Um, and I think the feedback that we universally got was that we needed somebody on the ground to really drive us forward for us. Uh, we went out and found out who was the best. Uh, it was Rebecca. And therefore we wanted to make her part of our team. And uh, the great news for us is, is that we were able to do that. And Rachel, you have quite a big sales team now. So do you must cover all corners of the UK and Ireland now? Yes, absolutely. So we've got 16 people in the sales team now covering UK, Ireland and a few markets across Europe. Uh, Rebecca is obviously joining us to be in the ground in Dublin, but she's got the entire team behind her in terms of sales operations, marketing, commercial. Um, so this is a really big play for Princess in Ireland and Rebecca's the start of that journey and a big part of it. Yeah. But there's lots of other stuff going on as well. Sure, and you've got quite a lot of ships appearing in Irish ports this year. Yeah, so our ship visit programme uh, is renowned for actually being particularly strong. We try to get as many agents on board as possible and make them really, really immersive so they get to experience the product firsthand and have the ability to go and relay that to their consumers. But to your point, we've got Cork, Dublin, Waterford, Belfast, Cove, and we're fortunate enough to have a ship in Ireland every 12 days from May to September. Oh, wow. So that's our fingertips to take advantage of. And ship visits are just as important Irish agents yeah. as they are to agents across the world. Yeah, usually important because we don't get to get out so much to see the ships ourselves. So yeah, 100% for them to put, the, as Rachel said, they have to be immersive. So you just can't put them on a ship, give them a ship tour and give them lunch. Day. We need to make it a focus. And again, just kind of dedicating it to certain people in the industry um, for them to experience as much as they possibly can the ships. Um, so the fact that we've got 12 ships and so many different ships in many different ports is yeah. absolutely huge for Princess this year. Yeah. And, and that is one of the challenges, actually, because ship visits are great at showing off the rooms and what the ship looks like, but actually bringing that ship to life is difficult. Yeah, and I think we've, um, again, we've, we've worked with the feedback that we've got from travel agents on what they hope to get out of this. And uh, we try to make sure that um, you don't just get to see the ship, but you get to use all of your other senses as well. So you right. taste the food, you experience the entertainment, um, and you really see what it's like to be a guest on the ship. And uh, we've got some great feedback that's told us that actually uh, we've 
we've changed the way that those ship visits are perceived. So rather than, as Rebecca said, it's not just get on, have a look at some cabins and have some lunch, you really get to experience what the guest does when they go on a cruise with Princess. Uh, and important, I guess, to show off some of your new ships, you have a couple of new ships just around the corner. So right. why don't you tell us a little bit about those? So we have uh, Sky Princess joining later this year, so in October this year, and a great, a great opportunity for travel agents to get on board. Um, because we are running a, a mini preview cruise which goes from Italy uh, down to Greece uh, with a little stop off in Couture on the way which is a fantastic port um, and uh, so Sky Princess joins the fleet does a short season in the Med before heading across to the Caribbean and then next year we have um, Enchanted Princess which is our fifth royal class ship joining um, she'll be based uh, in the Mediterranean but is actually coming to Southampton to be named next June mm -hmm. And, yeah, very <laughs> and then following that we have the yet to be named 6th Royal Class Ship which will be joining in 2021 and then two further ships after that which are our next generation of Princess Cruise ships being designed at the moment um, which will be our first uh, LNG ships, uh, first dual fuel ships um, and will also be uh, significantly larger as well so they have 4,300 lower berths, the biggest ships the Princess has ever built. So really incredible time to have you know, uh, five ships being delivered within the next six years is uh, a, a huge testament to the growth of the brand. And I guess from an itinerary planner's perspective, more ships means that you can really put ships everywhere because I know some of those longer haul destinations do well for Princess. Yeah, we've seen um, huge growth this year in Australia and New Zealand. Um, we send uh, more guests now to Asia uh, than we do to uh, the Caribbean, which is just incredible, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that the fact that we're continuing to add ships means that we can continue um, to be a, a leader in the area of destinations. We visit 380 destinations around the world across seven continents, so you can really go anywhere in the world with Princess. And talking of destinations, you're obviously a cruiser yourself, Rebecca. Where's your? Do you have a favourite cruise destination? I do. I have. Um, I love to cruise over Venice. I remember doing an in East Med cruise and um, actually was the captain on board, had dinner, lucky enough to have dinner with the captain and he said to me, how did you feel about sailing out on St. Mark's Square? And I said it was amazing. And he said to me, okay, do me a favour. He said, on the return, get up really early and have breakfast on your balcony coming in because it's so quiet, there's nobody mm -hmm. about and it was absolutely beautiful. So that's the memory that kind of clicks in with me. But honestly, uh, with the guys saying about the destinations, and I think that's made really what Ireland needs. Ireland has, has been really over the past few years being Europe, the Caribbean, Northern Europe came in literally two years ago. That's all Northern Europe. So the fact that we've got 380 destinations is huge. All these airlines are going to be banging down the doors, Etihad, Emirates, and all of these guys are going to be dying to work with us because what we have to offer is going to be, it's actually a game changer for the Irish market. Princess coming into Ireland, and I've realised that over the past few while, that Princess coming into Ireland is going to be a game changer for the market. Well, I wish you well. Good luck with your new role. Thanks all for joining me. Thank, Thank you very much. That's all from us this week. Thank you to Ben, Tony, Rachel, Rebecca, and of course, Andy, for taking part in this week's episode. Let us know what you thought across social media by using the hashtag ClearPod. That's C-L-I-A-P-O-D. And thanks for listening. My name's Toby Cruz. Happy cruising. <laughs>